Mountain State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And good morning. Welcome. GRN Alive Friday edition. Beautiful, beautiful day. Praise God for the gift of life. Praise God for the gift of... uh, Working in the Vineyard, Salvation to Souls. Glad you're with us. Today is July 10th, 2020. I almost said June. It's, it's July, isn't it? <laughs> it is. uh, 2020, Friday, 14th week of uh, Ordinary Time. Tomorrow is the feast day. Cecil always says I put her on the spot. I'm not going to put you on the spot because it's Thank tomorrow. You. Nobody can be expected to know what tomorrow's exactly. feast day I is. I mean, but it is a topic that we uh, uh, you know, obliquely talked about uh, uh, a while back. Uh, St. Benedict, abbot. Oh, uh, from 4th century, I think it yeah. is. Uh, we talked about the Benedict Option. Remember that? Yes. Uh, and uh, with our guest, Tom Curran, a long time ago. But that was then and now is now. Good morning. Uh, glad you're with us. Uh, again, this is the Friday edition. We do this two days a week. Joe and the team do a splendid job on Mondays at the same time. And then we have a, a replay on Saturday mornings if you just can't get enough of it. And uh, then we do it on Fridays here at our North Texas studio. I'm Dave Palmer. and I serve as executive director here at the North Texas office and uh, Cecil Anderson is here. Good morning. Good morning. I guess I already said good morning, right? Kind of. That's okay. We can say it more than once. (laughs) All right. Let's just keep saying it. Uh, Dr. Chris Malloy is out today. He is uh, out of town and so he's getting a a well-deserved break, uh, but he will be back next week. And I also want to introduce Diane Xavier. She's not on the mic, but uh, Diane does a great job. If you ever Mm -hmm. go to our Facebook page, YouTube page, Twitter page, and all the social media outlets. Just uh, use the 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 the, the keyword uh, GRN. Uh, is it hashtag GRN online or it's at GRN? Okay, online. at GRN online. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, just check us out. You can see behind the scenes what it all looks like. Uh, and also, she puts up pictures that kind of go along with the things that we're talking about. So, anyways, Diane is here, and she does a great job with it. All right, the theme of today's show is of mice and men. A summons to courage. How's that for a title for the show? It's a great title. It has nothing to do with the John Steinbeck novel, uh, <laughs> but it is uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Monsignor Charles Pope is going to be on uh, a virtual event that we're doing here in North Texas uh, in a couple of weeks, July 23rd, and that's the title of his talk. It's called a, a Summons to Courage, and I thought that there was enough going on in the church and the culture uh, right now to have a whole show talking about courage. And it was my senior pope who I interviewed, gosh, it must have been back in March or early April, and he was the one that described the spirit of fear that is plaguing our culture when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to all the things that are going on. He said it was demonic. I mean, he, he went so far as to say there's a demonic fear. And we got to counter that with courage. And uh, the other reason that I wanted to have a a theme of courage and uh, a summons to courage is that we're going to have, and I'm really excited about this, Cecil, halfway through the show, a very courageous bishop Mm -hmm. who uh, a lot of people have uh, tremendous respect for, and, and I certainly do myself, and that is Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. Uh, he's right. outspoken. He goes there, so to speak, uh, places where 
some some people don't want to tread, but he hits the the hard topics, and and uh, a lot of people have said, hey, when he gets on the air, can you say th- thank you uh, from me to him? And I'll I'll certainly do that when we get him on the line. And we're going to go there in our conversation with Bishop Strickland. He put out a statement about Black Lives Matter, saying it's a dangerous organization. We're going to talk about uh, uh, an email that we received at our Houston station from a couple who says, our religious liberties are at risk. Uh, We want the bishops to stand up for us. Uh, We're having a hard time fighting this battle alone. I'll read a part of that uh, email and have him respond to it. And uh, also, did you know that today across the Guadalupe Radio Network, we are debuting a brand new show, noon hour central, one o'clock Eastern time. Again, guess who the the host of the show is? So just take a wild guess. I mean, I don't know. You know who would be a great <laughs> get, host? Oh, who's that? A great host would be Bishop Strickland. Oh, okay. But I don't know if we could get him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Cecil Anderson. That's she's too, also yeah. starting a local <laughs> show, right? I am, uh, yeah, I am. yeah. The Bishop Strickland Hour is debuting today. It's going to be a weekly show again every Friday, noon central, one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I, I am excited. And so I'm we, so we wanted excited. to have him on today to, that's going to be the first thing we talk about is his show and also some exciting news about, uh, the intersection of Guadalupe Radio Network and the, the Diocese of Tyler. I, I don't know where that could possibly go, but, mm. uh, nothing definitive, but we'll talk about that. Also, for the third week in a row, if you're keeping count, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court, uh, today with our first guest, Kerry Beckman, who is the founder of Regina Chaley Academy. And so, so I think the fact that we're talking about the Supreme Court for the third week in a row, to me, leads me to believe the Supreme Court has too much power over our lives. Mm. Uh, fortunately, the two um, cases that came out this week uh, both kind of went in the right direction, so right. to speak. I have to do with the Little Sisters of the Poor and uh, Catholic school education, so Kerry's going to weigh in on that. And so, anyways, we also love to hear from you, dear listener. I just It makes our day when you call in and have a question for our, our guests or a comment or let us know how you're doing. We really are concerned for you. I know these are challenging times, so uh, feel free to call up 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Also, I, I'm calling the show um, Of Mice and Men, a Summons to Courage, not because I'm trying to, you know, uh, you know, call out the hierarchy and this bishop is courageous and this bishop isn't, but it, it's more of a, a challenge to all of us uh, to be courageous because I think the times we're living in don't allow us to sit in the sidelines and cheer people on and say, oh, that a boy, Bishop Strickland, or that a boy, you know, or that a, that a girl, you know, the, the people who are out there in the battle. I want to read you a quote uh, that I found actually was emailed to me, and it was from Professor Robert George of Princeton University, and he's a Catholic and working at a secular university. And he said, "We need outspokenness. It's the power of the word, not the force of arms, that will that will win this battle. But if people are too afraid, too frightened, too intimidated, too bullied to speak out against the bully, to stand up and defy the bully, when the bully says, "Oh, you're not allowed to say that," or the bully says, "Oh, you must say this. You must give me your loyalty oath." Until someone stands up, until we gather ourselves and stand up to the bullies, this bullying is going to continue. But the minute that we do stand up, the bully will be revealed to be what all bullies are, a coward. And then we will begin to restore our civilization and our country. Okay, that from Professor Robert George of Princeton University. We know that our culture is being bullied. We know that we're not really free to speak, especially if you're in corporate America. If you're in a job where you got to play by the PC rules, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Imagine this. Uh, a gentleman in Ventura, California, finds out that a statue of 
Unipurosera was going to be ransacked and torn down in his city that, uh, that particular day, about a week ago. He sends out an email to all his buddies and says, will you gather at the statue today at whatever time, 3 o'clock? Let's pray the rosary. Let's defend the statue. Eighty-five people show up, and they see in the horizon a march of Antifa and BLM people coming towards them, 350 strong, and they held their ground. They prayed the rosary. Nobody was hurt. There was... There was the, the, the two groups that came together, but they peacefully held them back by praying the rosary. That statue probably would have been down if those people hadn't shown up. I think myself, what am I going to do when I get that email from somebody who says, hey, we need to gather around this statue. There's a statue of Jesus. There's a statue of Mary that's going to be torn down by rioters in an hour and a half. Do you say, oh, my goodness, I'm about to have dinner, or do you get out there? I mean, that's a question we all got to ask ourselves. It's a tough question, right? You may have seen the video of the clash in St. Louis, peaceful people, men and women, praying before and, and trying to defend the statue of St. Louis, the namesake of the city, the great uh, king and uh, monarch of France. Uh, and, and it got pretty, pretty heated. Uh, I don't know if you heard this story, and th- this is interesting. John Horvat of TFP reports that protesters showed up at the Washington, D.C. home of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. He's the owner of the very liberal Washington Post. He's a supporter of all the PC movements, LGBT, BLM. He, I mean, he's, he's totally in the camp. And his support seemed to be of no avail because he's rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's considered to be part of the rich establishment. And not only did they protest outside his house, I guess you didn't see this story, but they had a model guillotine there. The guillotine, of course, is a or instrument of torture and execution that was made famous in the the French Revolution. That is threatening. That is scary. And this is this is not a a bishop or a priest or a conservative stalwart. This is uh, Jeff Bezos, who I think may be the richest man in the world. But uh, it doesn't. No one's safe. It no, do, yeah, it doesn't matter if no you if, even if you support the cases. So I want to give a few cases of um, bravery of courage. Uh, Bishop John Daly of the Diocese of Spokane, Washington, has called out the president and CEO of Catholic Charities Eastern Washington. Uh, That CEO declared publicly in a widely viewed video that the Catholic Church is racist because Jesus was white in a video now viewed 40,000 times on YouTube. Bishop Daly said the Catholic community has been roiled by the video made by Dr. Rob McCann, which said the hard truth is that, quote, every white person living in America is a racist. Bishop Daly said, while the subject of the video racism is certainly appropriate in the aftermath of this heroic, uh, horrific, I'm sorry, horrific and unjustified death of George Floyd, Dr. McCann's blunt presentation was interpreted by many as levying false accusations against whites in the Catholic Church. Many faithful Catholics, he said, whose lives evidence a daily commitment to compassion and justice expressed their disappointment and frustration with Dr. McCann's message. The bishop went on and said, his support of the Black Lives Matter organization, albeit now modified, puzzles me. BLM, the bishop said, is in conflict with church teachings regarding marriage, family, and the sanctity of life. Moreover, it is disturbing that BLM has not vocally condemned the recent violence that has torn apart so many cities. Its silence has not gone unheard. One need not stand with BLM to stand for black lives. I will address this and other issues with Dr. McCann in future meetings. 
All right, so as much as we criticize bishops and ask for courage, that was a courageous response. So, so mm-hmm. thank you, Bishop Daly in Spokane, Washington. Uh, there's another case. I don't know if you've heard of uh, this one. Uh, efforts are underway to remove the pastor of Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Erath, Louisiana. What did this pastor, Father André Metrejean, do? He responded to a Facebook post by the New Orleans Saints football team that publicized the team lighting up its stadium with the pride rainbow colors. This is what Father Metrejean uh, texted, tweeted. He said, come on, New Orleans Saints, we want to support you, but this kind of stunt hurts society and souls. Don't bow down to these pressure groups. Kids have rights. Children deserve to have a dad and a mom. Please don't support immorality. Cancel the PC culture, uh, the parish priest's post stated. Okay, the post by the parish attracted more than 500 comments, many of which were negative, accusing the parish of hatefulness and bigotry. Uh, Father Maitre Jeune has now removed the post, but he responded to the criticism by posting a recorded statement, as well as sharing a documentary posted by Courage International, uh, an apostolate that encourages Catholics who experience same-sex attraction and find happiness through greater closeness to Christ and chase friendships. All right? This is a bold priest. And, of course, uh, I understand that no, most people don't want to speak out, because when you speak out, you get attacked. Uh, sometimes viciously, as um, many people are finding out. And it may be kind of a strange transition, but uh, even Kanye West has spoken out. <laughs> have you heard about this one, yeah. uh, Cecil? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Who would have thought 2020 is such a strange year? Who would have thought, you know, eight months ago that we would say Kanye West is standing up for life? Yeah, but somebody had to do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course, pro-life people have been doing this for a long time. Kanye West, he's just kind of all, all out there. He's saying he's going to run for president now. Uh, but he tweeted and then deleted uh, a screenshot of a Google search for, quote, what does a six-month fetus look like? Along with a now-deleted image, he wrote, these souls deserve to live. Mm. Okay, so here's a big-time pop culture guy, uh, very, very famous, standing up for life. And in an interview with Forbes magazine, he said, that he opposes abortion. He said, quote, I am pro-life because I'm following the word in the, of the Bible. He also called Planned Parenthood a large, America's largest abortion chain a tool of white supremacists. He said Planned Parenthoods have been placed inside cities by white supremacists to do the devil's work. All right? Somebody had to say it, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, those are just a few examples. There's a lot of... A lot of fear and uh, a lot of uh, trembling out there, but uh, there are there are there are people standing up and they're they're paying the price, and so we need to support them. We need to pray for them, and when the opportunity comes, we gotta you know speak out ourselves. All right, well, this is GRN Alive. It's Friday edition. Thanks for joining us. We love to hear from you. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four, and don't forget to to visit the GRN website, grnonline.com. And you can sign up to be a rosary missionary. And, uh, you know, our, our family throughout the years have kind of gone and off, done the rosary. We'll do it, and then we'll stop. And <laughs> we recently made the decision that we just, we got to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really important. It makes such a big difference to bring the family together. And um, as Our Lady of Fatima has asked. And so pray it with us uh, every day. You can sign up. And there's a little surprise you get if you sign up. And I can't tell you because then it wouldn't be a surprise, <laughs> That's right? That's the surprise. All yeah. right, grnonline.com. And a lot of good stuff 
uh, there as well. So, all right, uh, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. Uh, Carrie Beckman with Regina Chaley Academy is going to join us uh, here in one minute on GRN Alive. Uh, we'll be right back. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for rosary missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. All right, we're back. That was a minute, 60 seconds. And here we are back with Your Live Friday edition, 877-757-9424. Dave Palmer, Cecil Anderson, and Diane Xavier. Dr. Chris Malloy is out this week, but he will return next week, uh, God willing. And uh, Carrie Beckman joins us now. She is the founder of Regina Chaley Academy. It is a wonderful hybrid Catholic education. They're located online at rcahybrid.org. They also hosted a really cool... Uh, conference. Uh, gosh, what was it, uh, Carrie? Was it? Uh, uh, has it been a month, six weeks? How long ago was that that you guys did that wonderful conference? Good morning. Yes, it was just about six weeks ago. Good morning, Dave. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah, we participated in that. In fact, uh, you know, Friday night and Saturday morning, we were watching the videos and uh, really enjoyed it a lot. So congratulations on that. Before we start on the topic at hand, which is these uh, uh, a couple of Supreme Court uh, decisions that came out this week that I think we're both, you know, both of them are, are a reason to celebrate. Do you want to say anything about Regina Chaley Academy? I know people are making decisions about schooling and a lot of uncertainty about what's going on with public schools and all that, or uh, what do you want to tell our listeners about what you guys do? Yeah, so, I mean, parents are really, you know, at a crossroads that certainly in America we've never found ourselves, and um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty um, county by county, not just state by state, um, as to, you know, what people are going to um, essentially have to put their children through just to get an education now, and so we are seeing an definite increase in the interest in homeschooling and of course our program as you know Dave you've participated it it assists the families so that they can um, have the tools necessary to make sure that they have a complete education for their child even if they themselves don't feel quote-unquote qualified to homeschool and I I find myself um, answering a lot of questions of late because when we look at the school systems, even the private school systems right now, everybody is really kind of leaning toward the government's suggestions of social distancing, requiring students to wear masks, and I'm talking about little kids. And, you know, these are, these are real concerns from the perspective that when we talk about education and we're talking about communicating to the soul, it's very difficult to do that when you're social distancing from them and everybody's covered up in a mask. Mm-hmm. It just really is. It's hard to really minister to the soul. And so I think a lot of people who probably a year ago, if they were interviewed, 
would have said, oh, absolutely, I would never consider homeschooling, are now considering homeschooling. And, and to that end, this is the good that God brings out of a, out of a bad, because what I do think is that there's, there's never a downside to homeschooling your child. Even if, you know, you did the math is a struggle or, you know, golly, we just weren't able to really hit the Latin the way that we wanted to. The relationship that you will build with the child and the time in which you can spend together is priceless. And time is passing. We know that. And so even if um, we have many families choose homeschooling for this year for, a, you know, for this one year to get us through, please, God, get us through COVID-19 quickly, that's a win. And, and I hope parents are listening out there. I mean, you can do it just by the grace of the matrimony of your marriage. God will gift you what you need to be with your children. And I, I firmly believe there are so many great organizations around there, even if Regina Chaley's hybrid approach, which is the two-day in-person approach and then three days at home, isn't what, you know, is going to be a good fit for your family. There are certainly wonderful Catholic organizations that can help you, Mother of Divine Grace, Seton Homeschool, Catholic Homeschool Curricula. There's just so many out there. So so please, if you're thinking about it, really pray, take it to the Lord, and know that you will be supported. All right. Very good. Uh, Kerry Beckman joining us. Uh, again, founder of Regina Chaley Academy. Find them online at rcahybrid.org. Uh, Kerry, let's talk about these two cases. I know one of them touches a little bit more directly on what you do in, in Catholic education. I want to mention the first one, and I don't know if you have any comment on that, and then we'll get to the Our Lady Guadalupe versus Morrissey Baru. Uh, first one, uh, just background, for about seven years, the Little Sisters of the Poor, a group of nuns, have fought to be exempt from the Obama-era HHS contraceptive mandate, and after the Trump administration exempted the Little Sisters from having to provide and pay for birth control for their employees, uh, the state of Pennsylvania sued them. And then this week, it came out, the the Supreme Court, by a 7-2 to two vote, uh, voted in favor of the Little Sisters of the Poor. And again, I know this one doesn't touch directly on uh, Catholic school education, but any any thoughts on that, or do you want to go straight to the other one? No, I, I certainly have some thoughts, and it really does um, touch on Catholic education, because as Catholic educators, when we're running businesses, we have to provide yeah. health care for people. And so uh, it affects all of us. It affects Guadalupe Radio. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about this ruling and, um, and very hopeful. But I have to say that we need to keep pushing, though. We can't just um, be just okay with this because I asked a question on my Facebook page, and I know we're friends, so I don't know if you saw it. But I said, when today... Well, sort of, but should contraception in general be a discussion in the Supreme Court? Should it ever be even on the table that the government would require our employers to pay for contraception? It wasn't too long ago, Dave, that our parents, well, hopefully not your parents because they were probably Catholic, mine weren't, had to pay for their own contraception. That was not part of health care. Yeah. That was part of personal responsibility. And we have really blurred those lines. And look at where we are now. You know, it, it falls now into religious freedom. It crossed the line. And so I always say to people, 
yes, it's a win, but let's not be just satisfied with this win. Let's make sure that we really stand up for where should this topic really lie? Should it be in our court systems even? Yeah, and I also think about the fact that uh, uh, Roe v. Wade gets a lot of attention, but uh, there was a, another Supreme Court case, uh, Griswold versus Connecticut, that had to do with the issue of contraception, which I think opened up the door for uh, Roe v. Wade. Now, that, that's a whole other co- topic and conversation, but uh, you're right, though. This, uh, this does, and these two cases are very much connected, because it does have to do with religious liberty and, and in, in both cases. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of, a lot of uh, layers to the onion, I guess, as you're saying, and, and we really have to take a, a very uh, serious look at uh, some of the other underlying issues here. Let me ask you, uh, Carrie, about the other case. I love the name of it because uh, the plaintiff was Our Lady of Guadalupe versus Morrissey Baru. The court ruled 7-2 to vote that teachers at religious schools are ministers under the so-called ministerial exception when it comes to anti-discrimination laws. Does this have to do with hiring um, employees, teachers that uh, uh, actually uh, espouse the views of the Catholic Church, like in your case? Or well, what's, what's behind this case? So, yes, it does. And, and this one, I think, is, wow. I mean, I was so happy with this ruling. Very, very happy with it. Again, you're very familiar with Regina Chaley, so you know that all of our staff signs the oath of fidelity to the Roman Magisterium of the Catholic Church, which is our way of assuring our parents that no matter who comes in contact with your children, even our nursery care workers who take care of our tutors' babies sign it, are espousing the great doctrine of our church. And it makes a big difference because every single policy, procedure, and yes, curricula choice is informed by our faith. So even if you have, say, lunch lady uh, in the cafeteria who maybe doesn't espouse the faith, she could very much be forming your children. Mm -hmm. I know when I was in public school, I had a great relationship with my lunch lady who took care of my table. It was a really good idea because you might get left, you might get seconds if you had a good relationship with her. And so, you know, having this interaction in this space be with people who are of sound doctrine in every aspect of the school is hugely important, especially given what we are facing today in the world. And so I'm really excited about that. I also, I don't know, Dave, I was really, really excited to see that Alito actually quoted canon law Mm. in his, yes, he did. And that, so, that, that is, is really, uh, that, really wonderful. Yeah, I have one quote from him here. I don't think it, it's the one particularly that you're talking about. He said, uh, Justice Alito wrote, the First Amendment protects religious institutions' autonomy with respect to internal management decisions essential to the institution's central mission, which is what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that's great. Ken Law being quoted. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Carrie, let me ask you, it seems, you know, we were, I was talking to another guest uh, a couple weeks ago about the Supreme Court decision uh, where the 1960 
1964 Civil Rights Act protected gay, lesbian, transgender employees from discrimination based on, uh, you know, sexual identity. It seems almost a little schizophrenic. The court is saying basically that's protected. And if I understand it right, people have to honor the, the, the gender of choice of their employees. But then we get this ruling saying that we can, you know, Higher according to the standards of the institution. Is there a contradiction between those two cases? Any comment on that? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, the first case you're referring to wasn't exactly the way I would have loved it to come down, for sure. And you could see that the court was much more divided on that case. But I will say this. This is very clear. This particular case now is very clear that one you look at a particular employee, you can make a decision and inform your decision based on aligning of the belief of your institution. So hopefully if you're doing this, which is now, you know, well, I shouldn't say is now allowable, should have been allowed to begin with under the Constitution and, and fortunately it's been protected. If you're doing that kind of hiring, then the other Supreme Court decision really shouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that way, there's satisfaction. I didn't love the way it was worded because, again, it leaves the door open. You know, to your point, every what you were saying about the contraception case with Connecticut, every case is a door opening or a door closing to another case. Yeah. And so I, I do think that it did leave that, you know, it left that crack, which is not comfortable. And this is why, you know, conservatives are very happy. I'm sure you're reading all of the things I'm reading, you know, victory, victory, victory. And it's like, guys, just don't let up. I mean, we need to be clear about the fact that, um, for example, the tax deferral money, that was a great, um, that was also a great ruling. But think about this. I mean, you and I are equally yoked taxpayers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's no difference between my money and your money. Shouldn't we then, if a certain population has the right to defer it, shouldn't you and I have the same right to defer it? Of course. So it's like a lot of these things that are coming up should have never even been a question. And this is why I'm saying, let's not let up. Let's be thankful to God for what we've been given, which is wonderful and great in these last rulings. But I think we need to make sure that we are constantly, like you said before the break, Dave, really espousing the truth. I'm very excited to hear about Bishop Strickland's new um, show. That is so great. He is such an icon of of truth and clarity. And I think we all need to be that right now for our world. Yeah, great. And he's going to be on with us in about two minutes. And so you're the uh, uh, you're a great uh, guest before him because you guys are uh, kindred spirits. And so I appreciate so much what you do, Carrie, in your own realm. And again, I want to invite everybody to, to visit the Regina Chaley Academy website, rcahybrid.org. You can read their mission statement and find out if there is uh, an academy near you. Uh, Carrie, thanks so much. Great speaking with you this morning, and uh, appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Dave. God bless you and all the great work at Guadalupe Radio. Thanks so much. God bless you. Appreciate you being on with us. Carrie Beckman there, and as she mentioned, Bishop Strickland is coming up in a few minutes. Uh, great timing because his program debuts 
in three and a half hours. Is that right? Can you, yes, I think <laughs> three so. and a half hours. You can get a lot of Bishop Strickland today. So we're going to take a, a quick break and then come back with uh, the fourth bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. And like I said, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about some big topics, including his show and some good news about his diocese, and then d- 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 jump into some uh, some hot topics in the news. Uh, and uh, so we'll be back with GRN Live Friday edition after this. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're hiring. Guadalupe Radio Network has an opening for a general manager of our West Texas and New Mexico operations based out of our flagship station in Midland. It's a wonderful opportunity for a mission-focused, faithful Catholic to join an apostolate dedicated to spreading the Catholic faith by the means of radio. Bilingual is required. Send your cover letter and resume to careers at grnonline.com. Careers at grnonline.com. What's stopping you from becoming a Catholic? That is the tagline for Call to Communion, an EWTN radio show hosted by Dr. David Anders, which airs weekdays across the GRN at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time. Hi, I'm Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Call to Communion is one of the programs that we receive a lot of positive feedback on. The show is unique because not long ago, Dr. Anders was on the other side as a Protestant, calling in the Catholic Answers Live, asking the tough questions about the Catholic faith. The seeds were planted. Now, having come into the church, he invites all non-Catholic listeners to call in with a warm invitation and a charitable, friendly style, allowing them the chance to now ask their tough questions. Because of programs like Call to Communion, which help to educate and inspire the listeners, the Guadalupe Radio Network is truly radio for your soul. This has been your GRN Family Minute. And we're back, and this is GRN Live Friday edition. Phone number here is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And as I mentioned, our uh, guest for the remainder of the program, uh, so excited to have the fourth bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, Bishop Joseph Edward Strickland, joining us. Uh, Your Excellency, thank you so much. Good to speak with you this morning. Good to speak with you. Yeah, the, the website, dioceseoftyler.org. And uh, before we start, uh, one of our co-hosts here on the show, uh, Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas, is not able to be with us, but he said, please tell Bishop Strickland thank you for his courage. I'm getting a lot of people saying, when you speak to him, when you get him on, will you please tell him that? In fact, our last guest, Kerry Beckman with Regina Chaley Ch- Ch- Academy said that. So so thank you for um, all you do, Bishop Strickland. Thank you. I'm an alumni of... University of Dallas, so I'm glad to hear that from a UD grad or UD person. Yeah, I am as well. I got my master's degree there. Uh, Bishop Strickland uh, got a lot to talk about, and the the main reason we wanted to have you on today is because uh, of a very exciting news that we've been promoting across the network on various platforms, 
uh, is that your program, the Bishop Strickland Hour, is going to be debuting today, uh, what, nine and a half, uh, three and a half hours from now, uh, noon central, one o'clock Eastern time, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. So a lot of people are thinking, wow, how did this come about? A busy, a busy <laughs> bishop can do an hour program every week. So can you tell us some of the background of how this, how this came about? Well, um, I guess a lot of it is owed to Terry Barber and his uh, persuasive abilities. Uh, <laughs> he just uh, convinced me that it would be something that would be worthwhile. And really, it's it's fairly easy for me. Um, it's sort of at the end of the workday, we've been scheduling um, the the hour to have a conversation. And and that's really all it is. I'm always glad to talk about the the faith and the life of the church and the message of Jesus Christ, and and that's what it is. We touch on you know current topics, but we're trying to work our way through the the Ten Commandments. Uh, we've made it to kind of Commandment one and a half so far, but uh, you know <laughs> we we're not in a hurry, but. Um, it, it's been good, and uh, really, honestly, uh, Terry asked me to do it, and I said, "Well, I I'll give it a shot. Um, if he if he thinks it's worthwhile, I, I'm certainly glad to uh, to share the the faith, and I, I think people do need to to hear the the beautiful truth that our Catholic faith um, has and teaches. And uh, too many Catholics. I mean, I'm 61 years old, so. Um, I grew up in a time when we really haven't emphasized teaching the, the wonderful truth that w- is our heritage, and I think we ne- all need to learn it. I'm constantly learning. Yeah, and there's a there's a unique uniqueness of, of radio, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that because nowadays, as, as you're well aware, you're kind of a like Bishop Sheen, who just utilized every means of of getting the message out. Of course, he was a little bit more limited back then; he didn't have you know Twitter and uh, the the internet. <laughs> but you, you, you really there's a lot of ways. And how how do you decide the most effective manner of evangelizing? And and why do you think radio is an important part of that? Well, um, I just, I know that people listen to radio, and even though certainly the internet is big and all the different social media that are used on your phones and everything, I think radio is just sort of um, a standard, sort of a, a base foundation that a lot of people use. They may turn on the radio just while they're cleaning the house or driving in the car. I think it's one of those things that people use radio when they're not able to be in front of a screen, um, they're doing something else, but they like to, to listen to various topics. And, and I, um, we are working on having a, a, a Catholic radio station in the diocese. We have some small ones that cover just a, a very limited area, and we're trying to expand that. But I really am convinced, and in our area, it's, it's uh, a lot of Spanish speaking, um, and so that's an area that I think is is uh, important as well to to have in in Spanish radio. I've often uh, even in church job sites I've seen Hispanic men listening to the radio as they're working, and so I think it is. Um, I mean, a lot of times, frankly, it's uh, sort of uh, Mexican music, but uh, you know, hopefully, if the 
the the faith-based radio is available uh they'll listen to that as well yeah so all right so the cat's kind of out of the bag i i asked you i also asked my bosses len and toy i said can we mention about guadalupe radio network going into tyler and of course some of the details are a little fuzzy but as far as what we know now the the let's just say the plans are in the works we don't know a lot of details other than we're we're working together would that be the the the, the best thing to say right now and Catholic radio, yeah. Catholic radio is on the way, right? I think so. Um, as with many things, it sort of got thrown into the COVID nineteen mix and uh, sort of slowed things down. But from what I understand, it is still in process, and hopefully, we'll get there before too long. Yes, Bishop Joseph Strickland from the Diocese of Tyler joining us here on Giran Alive. Phone number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And again, Catholic Radio coming to the Diocese of Tyler on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We just don't know the timing, and also the big news is his program, the Joseph Strickland, uh, the Bishop Strickland Hour, uh, is debuting today across the Guadalupe Radio Network at noon Central, one o'clock Eastern Time. All right, uh, Bishop Strickland, let, let's get into some of the topics, the issues that are really in the news a lot. And I wanted to start off with a Twitter, uh, a tweet that you put out, I guess it must have been at least a week ago, um, about the organization Black Lives Matter. And I, like yeah. a, lo- a lot of people, have heard this the mantra black lives matter and and of course the anybody of goodwill is going to say of course gosh you know and if i've said sure. i don't think it goes far enough i mean my goodness they black lives more than matter they're wonderful beautiful children of god but anyway so we, we think okay yeah it's a nice little mantra but then you dig a little deeper you go to the website you find out some of the mission statement of the organization black lives matter and you're thinking oh wow okay this this isn't <laughs> this isn't good. So you uh, you tweeted, and I'll just read your tweet, and then you can uh, elaborate on wh- why you decided to speak out and anything else you want to mention. You said in your tweet, please educate yourself on this. Toward the end of this statement, meaning the Black Lives Matter statement, uh, two points are made that are contrary to faith. Number one, opposing the nuclear family. Where is dad? And two, opposing God's plan for sex as a union of male and female. Then you said, this agenda is, all caps, dangerous, exclamation mark. Um, tell us why you decided to go there, so to speak, because uh, not, not everybody's willing to speak out against uh, the dangerous agenda of Black Lives Matter. Well, um, I think it's taking a, uh, a very important issue and using it for uh, frankly, I'll use the word a sinister agenda that is not just anti-Catholic, but it's it's anti-truth and what what God has revealed to us. To I mean, what other sort of family is there except a nuclear family, um, mom and dad and children? And I know families come in in many different configurations, but if that base is something that um, it, they base, as I read what's on their website. They want to eliminate that and and sort of have this idea that children can be raised in a village. Um, villages are great, but they should be made up of families. And then the whole thing with, I forget, it's a term that I'd never even seen, but something about, you know, that the presumption that people are, are heterosexual should be eliminated. And, you know, and, and to me that that goes to some very basic issues. And I realize it's controversial to speak up, but this is their website. I didn't, 
make any kind of allegations or just, I just said, read their website. Um, and I'm sure there are many people that agree with their full agenda and are fully on board. Um, but it certainly, <laughs> if you read the catechism and read that agenda, it doesn't line up very well. It doesn't line up at all, actually. Yeah. And, and to me, the, the, the using Black Lives Matter, how can anyone oppose that? And right. I think, I mean, and honestly, I was cautious. I mean, I said, can I real, do I really speak up? But once I read their website, I said, people, as I said, people need to educate themselves. Um, if the vast majority of people agree with all that, then Christianity is a, a much more minority than I really believe it is. I think the basic Judea, Judeo-Christian values are not as out there, you know, and, and outmoded as that Black Lives Matter website would make you believe. Um, and I think people need to speak up and say, absolutely, God has created us all. If you read the Gospels and you read the Word of God, um, the prophets that we're reading in daily Mass now, it God is there for all people. Um, and whatever race, whatever background, whatever sinfulness or virtue in their lives, God loves us. And absolutely, black lives matter, all lives matter. And, and I think that gets lost in, in an agenda that really starts making you wonder. From what I understand, it, it's not on the website, so I didn't mention it. But I have had people say that they are strong supporters of Planned Parenthood, which, again, I think the language is being used Planned Parenthood sounds great yeah. until you find out in there. I mean, it's well documented. I mean, their videos, their recordings, their statements of people saying, we use parts of aborted babies to sell. You know, it's a marketing scheme. Uh, you know, so Planned Parenthood sounds great. Black Lives Matter, absolutely. We want to support that. But then when you start digging deeper, it's like this veneer of what anyone would say. How can you oppose this? But then when you dig down, it's really not about black lives mattering at all. And as people have pointed out, I mean, sadly, many uh, of the abortions that happen in this nation every day are a vast part of them are black lives. Yeah. And so what happens to those black lives? And I think we we really have to kind of take a breath and look at all these things and say, absolutely. All lives matter, but be careful about getting on an agenda that is underneath doing a lot of things that I disagree with and that the Catholic faith disagrees with. Yeah, yeah. I uh, read a quote earlier in the show from uh, Robert George of Princeton talking about how we have to speak out. And uh, some, somebody I saw somebody on Twitter say that the, 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 the genius, so to speak, of Black Lives Matter is that they have a mantra that no good person can disagree with. Uh, and if you oppose it or seem to oppose it, you you look like 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 a racist. And so, uh, of course, as you say, when you dig in and really see what the the organization is about, yeah, I I, I think we have no choice but but to oppose it. I'm on senior Charles Pope yeah, has well, said no no Catholic can can support this organization. Well, that's basically what I came to as I read their website. I said I've got to speak up, and thankfully a, a few a couple of other bishops have spoken up, but. I would wish that we would all make it very clear that absolutely um, 
all lives matter, but the agenda of, of what's spoken of on that website that says black lives matter right across the, the front of it, uh, it, it does, it, it to me indicates that no lives matter is yeah. what's really there. And their agenda matters than, more than any individual life. Which is dangerous, <laughs> Bishop Strickland. Let me let me jump in from from one hot topic to another that are very very <laughs> much related. Okay, <laughs> uh, sure. And we received a letter at our Houston station from from people who, for obvious reasons, don't want their name mentioned. Uh, and and I, I I sent this to you in advance, and so I think perhaps you've already had a chance to read this letter. But um, I want to just read parts of it and get get your thoughts because it, it's very much related to this, and it's related to religious liberty and being able to speak the truth and being able to have, uh, you know, First Amendment rights to speak our, our opinions. And so, I, again, it's a, it's a longer email, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read parts of it. Uh, this gentleman said, uh, and it wasn't written to you, it was, I think, written to our, um, our, our station in, 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 in Houston. It said, my wife and I take evangelization and our Catholic witness very seriously. We have spent our lives studying and teaching catechesis, serving the church and accompanying souls as pro-life directors, Catholic charities directors, on and on and on. Uh, now, now that the large company I work for has reformulated their policies and company values to conform with, celebrate, and promote the overarching social paradigm imposed by the Supreme Court redefining sex in the workplace and the Marxist principles of Black Lives Matter, we are told our private activities and messaging, which include our support of marriage between one man and one woman, conflicts with company values, and if reported by someone who feels offended that we may be disciplined, including losing our jobs. After speaking with more than two dozen other very dedicated and committed Catholic families about their experiences, concerns, and workplace challenges, we find our ability to speak the truth in love, at home, or in public could jeopardize our livelihoods. So we recognize this is a widespread concern. They go on, it is not only statues and buildings being destroyed, it's our freedom of religion and our freedom of speech that's under attack. And then they said, we wrote a humble letter in 2013 asking 25 bishops to guide and help us with this issue in the workplace. Only one responded and acknowledged this need to be addressed in the USCCB Religious Freedom Ad Hoc Committee. We have yet to receive further response. They went on and said, we feel like sheep without a shepherd when pastoral silence shrouds each wave of social demise that encroaches our own, our ability to evangelize. Can you understand this concern? What do you think? Again, it wasn't written to you directly, Bishop Strickland, but uh, here's a person saying we're being attacked in the workplace. Our freedom of speech is being denied. We're, we're, we kind of might lose our jobs, our livelihood, you know, green martyrdom, possibly turning into red martyrdom. Uh, and they're saying we, we need shepherds to speak out. Now, of course, you do speak out. But what would you say to this person? Perhaps they're listening. Well, um, I have to agree with them. And, and that, honestly, is the reason that I have begun to speak out. I mean, like the, the Black Lives Matter on the, the sanctity of life issues, um, which are more and more, certainly abortion is, 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 is so commonplace that I think we're sadly kind of desensitized to it. Um, it's like, well, that's just, that's what happens. But um, more and more on the other end of the life spectrum that the church teaches, saying life is sacred from conception to natural death, a lot of people are um, in danger of, and, you know, there have already been some reports with all the virus and everything, of people being sort of hurried toward that death that isn't so natural. Um, 
And I think, you know, the the lack of respect for life is just eroding more and more. So um, I don't disagree with uh, these people. And, you know, I'm one bishop, and uh, I feel very alone sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I try to speak out, and I try to, as much as possible, just bring the light of the truth of the gospel into whatever issue we're looking at. Um, and I think we need to do that. Uh, I think that um, I, I don't know why the other bishops are much quieter than I am, and I'm sure that many of them think I, I speak out too much, but um, I think it is important. And I think uh, there, there are many things that we need to, to speak to. Uh, one of the things, you know, I, I guess I'm constantly dealing with controversy lately, but there are many con- controversial things. One thing that I did speak out about was the, you know, we need a vaccine for COVID-19. But once again, there are threats of, and there are vaccines being worked on. It's kind of a race to see what shows up first as a vaccine that is going to be offered to people. And there are too many vaccines that are built, you know, the way I say it (laughs) is built on the backs of aborted children, literally. Mm -hmm. They use their backs, their arms, their hearts, their lungs, their brains, literally. I mean, Planned Parenthood clearly says, yeah, we sell these parts to pharmaceutical companies that may be working on all kinds of things, including vaccines. Um, So it, it honestly becomes overwhelming on the things that we need to speak out against in today's culture that are contrary to the gospel and contrary to what the, the deposit of faith that our Catholic Church has. Um, and so I agree with what much of this letter says, um, and I would wish that we would be more of a united voice uh, but very often I find myself as a lone voice that people pay attention to, but also it it kind of diminishes. It's like, well, I don't know what's with this Bishop Strickland, but I'm not <laughs> hearing this from other bishops. So yeah. I think a lot of people just sort of pass it off as, well, this guy's just a little bit of a nitwit, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, I I, as I've said, I try to just, read the catechism out loud. It's not my truth. I'm not that smart a man. I just believe what we teach. And um, I presume other bishops do as well, but we've got to stand up for it because many of the values that I grew up with are disappearing pretty quickly. Um, And many people have opinions that I never thought you would have heard stated when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, we 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 I, I read a story earlier in the show about uh, Bishop John Daly in Spokane, Washington, and he did speak out yeah, boldly. Oh, Tom. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm sorry, Tom Thomas Daly. I apologize. Yeah, so he he definitely spoke out, uh, and so that that's good to see uh, that that there there are some bright spots out there. Uh, Bishop yeah. Strickland he and I have been been on the topics. The, we line up on topics fairly often, and I thanked Bishop Daly for speaking out. 
Yeah. Uh, let, let me close out uh, with something that I know you also uh, speak out about a lot, and that's the necessity of prayer. I've seen many times on, on, on Twitter and uh, in, in different correspondences where you're, you're saying, pray the rosary, please pray. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a, yeah. a very suitable way to, to close out because uh, everything we do is sure. going to kind of be worthless without prayer. So can you, can you tell us that and maybe some advice for our listeners of how they can really incorporate prayer into their daily activities? Absolutely. Um, I actually, my tweet this morning, July 10th, was, you know, I've really tried to emphasize praying the rosary during July. It's like, oh, that's not one of the Marian months. That's May and October. But every month needs to be a Marian month. Uh, Really, the more I pray and the more I study and read, um, and I'm reading a a lot of different, a diverse uh, number of books right now, but I think we we as Catholics need to really highlight the power of the rosary. Um, and it it really has a power. Mary has told us that in various apparitions through the centuries, really, um, and especially emphasized in Fatima, pray the rosary. And I encourage people to do that. It's a great um, calming focusing prayer just for us as individuals, but I think that chorus of prayer throughout the world is makes a difference, and it, it is powerful. Um, the, God the Father has given Mary that role of mother intercessor. The Immaculate Virgin Mary is our mother intercessor. She, her full-time reality is praying for us, and For us to join in that prayer, I think we discount the power that it brings. So I would encourage everyone listening, if you pray the rosary regularly, pray it more. If you haven't prayed in in a while, start praying it. But we need to to be people of prayer. Um, With all the controversy and the sad death of George Floyd, that definitely was a sad and tragic death. What all the noise surrounding it, I don't know all the answers there, but it was a sad, before natural death, that man died. And that's a tragedy anytime. And what I tried to emphasize in my, what I put on my personal website for the diocese was start with prayer. Yes, Yes, we've got to do more than pray. But I think prayer is healthy. It calms us down. There's so much happening that it's just emotional reaction. It's not reasonable. It's not thought out. It's not really planned. It's just emotional reaction. Yes. And I think that becomes dangerous. Yes. Bishop Strickland, I, I just, we have, I think, 30 seconds until the music starts. I want to thank you very much. I want to remind everybody that uh, the, 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 the Bishop Strickland Hour is uh, noon today, 1 o'clock Eastern. Um, and you got... Ten seconds, if you could give us a blessing, Bishop Strickland. Thank you so much for being on. Can you do a quick blessing for our listeners? God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate your leadership, Bishop Strickland. Okay. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord.
Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.